Welcome to the InterVR Podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. And today I'm speaking with Jesse Nomano, one of the hosts of Endgame. Endgame has been running for at least a year and a half now. And it's one of those more, po one of those, uh, uh, one of the more popular VR talk show uh, shows in, in virtual reality, in VR chat. And, and thank you so much for joining me, Jesse. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. So I we don't know what to call it. Like, I, yeah, is it a VR talk show? Is that what's going on now? I, I, well, actually, this is a great segue into what, what is it, actually? Tell me. Well, I, it's a combination of two things. Like, I was doing a, a podcast about futurism before this, like, just for a year. And... Uh, that went away and then I came into VR and I was like, well, I want to keep this up in VR, but the format has to change because like there's this new opportunity where you have, you know, these group of weirdos and strangers all in a room together. And so you can have sort of a bigger group dynamic and like, so I'm trying, like, I guess the reason it's, it's a talk show, but I'm trying to make it like a group talk show or, or like a more of like a group discussion or something. So I don't know what to call that. Because mm. like we're hosting it, but we're sort of just trying to get the conversation going and then see where it goes with whoever's in the audience. What, is the, what does the structure look like, for example? Like for those who haven't been to the show yet, the, Evie, relax. Sorry, guys. So for those who haven't seen the show yet, like what does the structure look like? You know, if, if, if someone were to jump in and, and, and experience it, you know, what does the typical show look like? Uh, well, we record on at 7 uh, p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesdays, and it's usually me and Psych and Popopo or some other guest host. And we, we just, like, seed the conversation. Like, we'll usually have something to say about whatever it is, but usually it's some kind of esoteric topic, and no one's really going to be an expert in it. So, like, we, we just feel it out. Um, and kind of what we've learned is that you just have to, we, we don't have like a super intense outline anymore. Like the outlines keeps getting sparser and sparser because like somebody in the audience will say something that will take us on a tangent and like, yeah, the, the more, the more open it is to the group, like the more chaotic the discussion is and it tends to go off in kind of weird directions that you can't really plan on. Hmm. And like, I'm trying to find the balance there because that's what I want, but I know you have to sort of balance that with having something that's more cohesive and like structured so yeah we're trying to kind of find the balance there and, and in a way you're sort of letting the hive mind guide its itself in the dialectic yeah. kind of that, that, that's exactly what i'm trying to do um well do you want to talk about the hive mind a little bit yeah let's talk about the hive mind i'm down to talk about well, what, what, do you, what do you think of as the hive mind now like what does that mean to you because people use that in different ways i uh, i think that um one of the one one great example of the hive mind for me is is Reddit because mm. it's 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 the opinion. So the thing that gets upvoted the most is the opinion is the most popular opinion, and so it's not necessary. It doesn't necessarily have to be the correct opinion, but you can inference from that group of people that they think that this is the most um, important thing to them, and so therefore I you know, you're you're sort of crowdsourcing you know cognitive thinking yeah. to these to this group. And, but in VR, the hive mind is a lot more harder to, 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 to place because there is no upvote system. There's no, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just 
Or, you know, it's just maybe it morphs into something like the Ugandan Knuckles meme. They morph into memes. Like the hive mind, you know, the meme, the more popular the meme, the, the more presence the hive mind has on that meme. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that di dynamic looks like. Still. Isn't it incredible how, like, all this technology is going to bring us together and create this hive mind? And then the, the stuff that blows through it is, like the knuckles meme and, and <laughs> it's all it's so much wasted potential because like i look at it and i'm doing the show and i'm thinking like i feel like we could solve all of the world's problems if we just got enough people in this room and we sort of talked about it um but uh, people are interested in other shit man like there's just like so much other stuff going on um but what does that say about is that is that something that says something about that demographic of people that go to vr chat at this particular point in time or does it say something more about you know a, a larger population or general population? What do you think? I don't know because like don't like Knuckles is specific to VR chat, but I mean the the stupidity of memes is infinite and it's it's everywhere, right? It's yeah. like you know grandmas are are memeing, aren't they? Like yeah. I think everyone's sort of aware of it now. So I'm still sort of getting used to trying not to think of it as such a negative thing, like. Um, trying not to see it as like the knuckles thing or whatever kind of absurd meme that I can't decipher and try to remember that like this is this incredible like sort of the Rick and Richard Dawkins like the way that he introduced that idea where this um, this rapid transfer of like ideas that sort of spread out in a population like it does feel like a big step in the hive mind right like as um, we've sort of gotten connected with technology it sort of there were no memes 100 years ago, dude. Like, or, I mean, you probably could argue that there were, but they weren't traveling around the world and rapid, like, and it wouldn't take 24 hours for it to, you know, go through birth and death. It would, it would be like, ideas took years to cross the globe. And now it happens, like, at the speed that someone will, you know, Twitter something clever or whatever. Um, one, of the, one, of the, one, of the me one of the earlier memes that I remember, or one of the earlier moments where I realized, okay, this is what a meme is was the Harlem Shake video. Mm. The, the one, the pink guy, uh, Filthy Frank and his friends were doing a, a, some random dance and, and, and all of a sudden that just took off where everybody and their mama's cousin was doing it in their office. They were all doing the whole Harlem Shake thing. And like, how do you, how, how do you sort of decipher that? Like, I'm trying to think of other things that become popular where they feel very, um, like programmed, like a lot of intention went into creating whatever this manufactured, like pop culture idea is gonna be. And then, something really stupid like that will come out and it just hits us in this, this kind of subconscious place, right? Like there's something, like the silliness, there's something like what animalistic about it? Like why is that touching us so much? Why, why is it like easier to be like silly through them? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it might. Like the jokes are not, like it's not like sitcom jokes, right? Like there's no. not the jokes where you can like critique the writing because it's always coming from a much more natural place because like the playing field is so crazy now yeah. no 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 i i see that yeah i i, I don't know where the, this dynamic is going but what i do know is that you can see it in real time in vr chat <laughs> you can see it you can see it you know from the moment someone comes in pops in and it's he starts with an avatar that makes it rain tacos and and then everybody all of a sudden realizes like this is amazing i want to i want that too i want it too i wanted that too actually i was i was like I remember feeling uh, like I, I don't know I was in a weird spot and all of in my mind and I, and then out of nowhere this person came in with an avatar that uh, and and you know I'll 
down a mountain. He came down a mountain um, in this little lolly avatar, and he was making it rain tacos everywhere, tacos everywhere. And I just remember just snapping out of that weird mood I was in. And it was so amazing. It brightened your day. You it mean? did. It oh, did. Yeah. It made me. It made me. It made me laugh because I was like, "This motherfucker! <laughs> I love this. I don't know why it was so stupid and absurd, but it just, it just, it just, it just broke my thought pattern, my thought loop inside inside mm. my head. It's something so absurd that it just breaks the thought loop. And maybe that's what it, what a meme is. It's it's just something that doesn't necessarily have to be funny, but it's just so ups. Oh, universally absurd that everybody agrees with it you know and sort of goes along with the absurdity just allowing themselves to be it yeah i don't know i think it's like you're talking about like the playfulness like that's going to really work on grandma too like if, yeah. if grandma is getting the memes on facebook when we get grandma on into vr chat or whatever the metaverse is going to end up being and whatever her version of the lolly taco storm you know happens and she's sort of uh, becomes young again and becomes like child is able to sort of play like a child again like that's going to change it because like we're sort of like uh, yeah. you, you've got a lot of video games here like I grew up with video games like we're used to like growing into adulthood and then retaining some of these childhood artifacts and like still playing games but the generation right before us didn't necessarily do that and like there's all you know a lot of people have sort of lost that sense of play and I think VR I think you're going to be forced to fall back in because there's going to be so many play it's it's a mix of so many different people and so those those playful scumbags like whoever those people mm -hmm. are that like want to be really crazy and obnoxious like they're going to see the environment with all this like fun shit and i i think it's going to it's going to be really chaotic but i i i think i'm landing on it's going to be a positive thing yeah and hopefully it will be because i think to vr being such a powerful te technology to, to have the ability to rewire the brain through this through experiential um so through an experiential process um is is now here in our hands yeah and so and so when you think about hospice care you know i think you you're you're exactly what you're talking about someone who's worked their whole life nine to five nine to five nine to five to, and forgot what it's like to play all of a sudden has a vr headset and is watching and he's watching it make it rain tacos and now there's that you know spark that that cluster of neurons that deals with playfulness is starting to ignite and and, and little by little it starts reinforcing itself same thing with maybe even prisons prison rehabilitation like mm. trying to uh, allow and i think i've read an article where they started experimenting with this where they would put people uh convicts and simulations that allowed them to come back into the real world in a way that you know helped them learn how to readjust and things like that and so that seems pretty awesome yeah i just feel like it's um and so it's it at the tip it's it's at our fingertips um but i just feel like more needs to be known about it so that you know it gets just it becomes adopted it's weird because we're still crossing that threshold where it's sort of obvious or I mean, sometimes I feel silly because it seems so obvious that it's such a powerful tool and everything is going to change. And then I'm constantly reminded when I go off into the real world and people are largely unaware of, you know, this thing happening and VR is just a video game, like not really seeing the potential because not, you know, not everyone has um, jumped in yet. Like, how long is this going to take? Because I thought it would already happen. I thought it was going to be like a year or two would go by and... Oasis. Well, Bitcoin fucked it up for a lot of us. Because Wait, why? Because of the graphics? Graphics cards were too, uh, have been too expensive. 
and 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 VR can't take off it's if the if the hardware is too expensive honestly it's just you know and that's the biggest pain point people have like yeah that's it's awesome yeah you know it's it, it delivers something that ha you can't get anywhere else but it's $2000 to have a proper rig you know and 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 that's and the price is getting better like you can get a windows mixed reality headset for $200 now and they have Computer laptops or computers, uh, PCs that uh, have, and those headsets have uh, requirements um, that are a lot lower than the Rift and the Vive. You know, for a Vive, I think you need a 1060 minimum requirement, and for those guys, I think it's a lot lower, like definitely like below 970, uh, Nvidia 970, I think, mm. but but definitely significantly lower uh, re requirements for the GPU. Are we? Are we? Is progress going to slow for graphics for a while because of this, or, or? What I've read, and don't quote me on this 100%, is that they are releasing a new type of chip that is going to replace. Um, and we're already seeing it. I think uh, another article I read was that you know graphics cards manufacturers are going to see themselves having to bring down their prices by 40% because there's a glut of used cards and the Bitcoin bubble, Bitcoin isn't worth $20,000 anymore. And people, and, and I don't think people are, are, are going into it as, as hard as they were back in December. Um, and so, yeah, it's... it's what, what's Bitcoin worth right now? I'm willing to bet it's, I haven't checked in uh, three weeks, so I think it's 9,000 around, around 9,000 right now. 940. Okay, there you go. Uh, you, price is right rules, right? You're, you're fine. Yeah. If you're under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope it goes back up to 20, but I, I also hope that, like, okay, so is that, how do you solve the problem that um, the thing that we want, the technology we want to experience awesome v virtual reality environments is the same technology that they can take advantage of to, like, mine cryptocurrency? Like, there's no way to sort of separate that, right? It's the same thing. It's just processing power. It's, well, they're releasing a new type of chip, the ASICs chip, and that is going to make it so that it's a specific, that so that the people who are currently mining on GPUs are going to get fucked because the people mining on the new ASICs chips are going to have a leg up over anything you can do with a GPU, a regular GPU. So people are going to see themselves having to sell off their GPUs. And then we take those, we take the old GPUs and those become our VR. Theoretically, that's okay. what's going to happen. But a lot of people are also saying that um, they're to be cautious with getting a used GPU because they run them. 24/7, but again, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could, I could be. I also, re I also heard someone say like, well, it's worse to turn on and turn off your GPU over and over again than to keep it running at a consistent rate, like they do in mining. So I don't know who to believe. I, all I know is that I'm glad I don't have to go buy a GPU right now. Um, yeah, I'll live with my VR setup for at least another year or two, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna want that higher resolution. I want the screen door effect to go away. Yeah. I want. I want. I'm gonna want more and more. I mean, like it's super exciting. We're here. We're experiencing like a lot of the stuff. We don't need realistic, photorealistic graphics. Like we're ha we have the social element. Like it works. But man, it. I don't, I'm not gonna be happy until I'm in the matrix, right? Yeah. Like, until I can't tell. Did you have you checked out the Infinidec or whatever? Infinidec. What's the 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 one from Ready Player One? Yeah, but isn't that that's real, right? It is, excuse me. Yeah. Have you tried any of those? Um, did I try it? Yes, I tried it at SVVR 2016, I think. Yeah, they brought, they, Matt, but, I remember Matt Carroll brought one, brought it with him. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hugely expensive at first, right? So that, yeah. like, that's also going to be out of our hands. But 
that like that's a huge step for me because like I find myself always getting antsy and I need to like be physical and like move around, move my body around. And so when I'm in VR chat or whatever, I'm always like moving my you can't see what I'm doing. I'm like stretching my arms and moving around. And so if I can be in VR walking or like marching or hiking or something all the time, um, that's gonna really help keep me there, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think well there there is a school of thought in Silicon Valley where um, it's it, uh, there are CEOs who only do meetings or executives who only do meetings while they walk so they only walk and talk yeah and it be, and the reason being is because um, your brain is supposedly working at a higher clip um, when you're walking or you're doing exercise so I, I think there's something to that I think uh, to this morning I went out for a run and my mind feels a lot more lucid and a lot more clear-headed than than um, than it, if I had not. Um, it's crazy how much a run I've, I've been finding out. You know, as, uh, as uh, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing how some of the most basic things on the planet <laughs> I've been taking for granted, like good sleep, <laughs> eating well, and going for a regular a run. Like, yeah. dude, simple, simple drinking it's, water. It's simple, simple stuff. It's and, all that stuff that was told to you, like when you were young, and you're just like, oh, fuck you. It, like, it, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> And then it comes back like a boomerang and you're like, oh shit, of course I'm getting kidney stones. I'm not drinking enough water. Of course I feel like shit. I'm not getting enough sleep. Are you stretching in the morning? Uh, I do try to do yoga once once a day. Um, yeah, I try, to, I try to do it at least six times a week. Okay, so if I'm stretching and I'm drinking a lot of water and I'm hiking a lot, like, oh, what's you... the next thing? Like, what, how's this going to get worse? I think the only thing... But the only thing is just sleep. It's just get, the, I just mm. saw a podcast or yeah, a podcast. I saw the podcast because it was on YouTube um, that I think just changed my life. Okay. It was it was insane because it was this UC Berkeley professor uh, that specialized in the research of sleep, and he came in tell, uh, telling the host uh, Joe Rogan that like uh, look, there is no body of scientific evidence that says that anybody um, can have a healthy normal life and live on six hours of sleep or less like it's just not it's not possible and it just blew my mind because you realize that there's so many people out there even myself who think that you can operate on six hours or less of sleep yeah that runs counter to like i've had so many friends who are who are very proud of the fact that like i, I sleep four hours a night and i'm fine like, yeah that's all i need and so he says something like well the thing about it is that subjectively people think they're fine but objectively you know, they do tests and tests and tests, and they realize that, no, you're not. You're actually, you would be this far if you had, if you've been getting this much sleep. In, in fact, where, where you just got used to being this far by doing the four hours. It yeah. tripped me up. I was, I was tripping up. I was like, oh my God, holy shit. That makes a lot of sense to me, but I, I've been careful to, my, my, I've, I've kept my sleep at a good level. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't do those four hour nights. That's crazy. My thing is REM sleep, trying to get as much more, getting more REM sleep now than before how and do you do that is it stop smoking pot every day <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you have to do yeah it suppresses your REM sleep a little bit so so you got to take tolerance breaks so to allow your brain to get those dreams because you don't dream when you like right before if you smoke weed before going to bed like you're not going to dream that night are you still dreaming but just not remembering it or no, you literally you don't, don't have the dream you don't have the dream it's it, the, so the sleep doctor was talking about how like the marijuana blocks uh, a part of the brain that allows that dreaming to happen. 
Whoa. Yeah, it works like a blocker. That seems super important. Like the, the dream process, even though we haven't figured out exactly what's going on, it seems like it's a big part of our lives. Yes. And, and like sort of filtering out stuff in our mind and like... Because yeah. nature wouldn't have come up with dreaming if it didn't have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so now I've been like freaking out about it. Like, okay, shit, I need to like get some dreams in me. <laughs> Do you know Artist 3D? Artist 3D. He's like a VR chat. Does he? He's built a bunch of these awesome worlds. Like, I I ran into him. I guess this is like a few months ago, but he was working on something. And he was talking about. Um, sort of working on his world super late at night, like he would get into a flow state and he's just creating, you know, these crazy landscapes and bringing in his old art. And he, he was saying that he, his mind went into what felt like a dream state. And he felt like, because the world was so fantastical, like that part of his brain was being exercised. And therefore, mm. he sort of felt like that was replacing like REM sleep for him. Mm. Like, that like that's all he kind of needed. Like the magic of VR was enough like that that seemed like a step too far but i wonder if there's something to that because like mm. reality is looser in vr maybe and yeah. i mean who knows what's going on in there i well i can tell you from experience that when i did my 100 hours in vr experiment marathon challenge whatever the hell you want to call it i um i had some of the most intense dreams i've ever had in my whole life cuz i would sleep with the headset on Hmm. And um, and I would sleep inside of a room that was the model of the solar system. So I would sleep facing away from the sun. And in the morning when it was time to wake up, I would like face towards the sun. It was sort of my faux sunrise. Um, but it, it, dreaming was some of the most insane dreams I've ever had. And they were all... It, it felt like my subconscious was trying to tell me, like, you're not supposed to be in here because all my dreams had had to do with me trying to kill myself. Oh, man. Yeah, like, you. Yeah, like, one of them was, like, um, one, of, one of them was me getting super high on edibles and riding a motorcycle at, as fast as I could on purpose so that I could die, so that I could get out of the dream because my brain was probably telling me, you've been in the simulation way too long. Yeah, it's Inception yeah. stuff happening. Like, yeah. You feel like you have to go to a higher level. Or or break out. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was crazy. And there was another one where like I jumped off a building. It was another one where like uh, yeah, it was crazy. And and, <laughs> and and so and so some something in my mind must have been telling me like it must have been rejecting that reality that I was submitting myself to. And it was trying to tell me you need to get out. You need to get out. I think. I'm trying to imagine where that comes from because like you you didn't feel like claustrophobic, right? No. Like so it was just the presentation of reality somehow was not satisfying your mind enough like I, yeah hmm like like being like getting used to that pattern of waking up um eating chicken bakes through my pass-through camera and and fighting dragons jumping onto spaceships watching star wars the empire strikes back inside vr chat next to a bunch of star wars characters and that was my day like doing all these insane things for 12 14 hours um really i think it really messed with my mind <laughs> so we're not going to go 100 percent into the matrix like uh, there's going to be it, so i'm watching deep space nine and like and i've never seen it before um and they've nailed it with the holodex, right? Like, that's the future where it's going to be a part of everyone's life. Like, they're going to, I mean, in, in Star Trek, they'll, like, put on a costume and, like, get ready to go to war or whatever yeah. and then go with their buddies and go have an adventure or whatever. Um, but we could be in the Matrix. I actually I actually have a feeling, 50% of me thinks that we are already living in a simulation. 
And sometimes <laughs> when things happen and I can't explain them, I just say, oh, the simulation didn't want that to happen. Okay, so you're at 50%? Yeah. Not 51%? 49%? Like you're right there in the middle? I'm all right. I, I, I'm lying. I'm more like a 90%. I'm pretty sure. You're 90%? Because yeah, it's, it's insane. Like, okay. Look. Look, look at how much we're able to trick the brain right now with this primitive VR technology that we have right now. How can we not know? How can we prove that we're not already in someone's futuristic HND from, you know, I don't know. It's You can. It's the allegory of the cave. Like, there's no way to understand. Like, if we're looking at shadows, we're never going to figure that out until we actually step out of the cave. And I, if this is a simulation, that's not part of it, right? Like, you, do you imagine at some point you're getting out of it? Like, if it is, right... Aren't you mm. just, if, if this is a simulation, aren't you still just going to live out of normal, you know, quote unquote, human lifespan or whatever? Yeah. And like, so there's no difference, right? No. Hmm. There's no difference physically, but I think on a, on a more sort of philosophical, more, you know, uh, yeah, more philosophical. Does it sort of this. fill a hole that like maybe like religion fills for some people? It might. Like a spiritual... like I. So I sort of went through the same thing. Like I was raised in a religion and then I sort of rebelled against it and became like really, really like hard atheist and then sort of started softening over the years because like there's something missing like when you go completely the other direction. Like you're missing some kind of spirituality. And yeah, I, I've, I've found it like last year or I'm starting to with like thinking about the simulation because... It is so mind bending, and like, and because I can't reject it, like, so, like you're right that like I'll notice signs or things that sort of make sense. And imagining that we're in a simulation just makes real life more interesting. Like it puts me in sort of a, I don't know, my brain is more activated because like I'm less bored with consensus reality. Like I feel like there's possibility out there or something, um, even though I don't expect anything to change or happen. Like I don't expect. Um, that will ever expose it or like figure it out like but I yeah I have that same feeling like do you ever like um, I'm trying to think of like a movie or something I've seen lately but like I'll notice something where it's like man this whole movie is is uh, the whole movie was produced to like get this one idea across to sort of maybe prepare the masses for a specific idea like The Matrix is a good example like mm -hmm. that's like 1999 or something mm -hmm. and they're like okay if we need to get people ready for the idea that they're in a simulation we have to like uh you know build up this foundation of like basic ideas for the mainstream to understand like what this concept is because like it's completely outside of what their perspective is and i see that all the time like whenever i see like good science fiction i'm like oh man this guy's really clever but also it feels like this is a sign that we're in a simulation because like it's preparing my mind for a new idea that like I don't know it feels like it's leading me somewhere yeah um, how do you think people will react the day they put on the HMD and they can't tell the difference between real life and uh, virtual reality I mean I think a lot of people will have the same crisis with the simulation like <laughs> because you, you have that question of immediately of oh wait if if I can be fooled this quickly and easily but what's real then how else have I been fooled and then I don't know. I think by the time it's like real, it's going to be not mundane, but like it'll be less exciting by then. I think I think hmm. I think we're in the most exciting part where it's sort of growing and like now there's going to be a slow 
tale of sort of things getting slightly or I don't know, is there is there another big step along the way? Like I feel like we're I, getting there. Eye tracking, voice control. I still see those as little steps. Like I th I think we've we've made like the big jump forward. We're now I'm I feel embodied in a different location with people from all over the world. And so like to me that's ninety percent of it. Like I I've already fooled my brain. Like I feel like I'm there with someone. Yeah. Like I'll I'll feel like I have a real relationship, a real friendship, or like I'm really close to them. Yeah. Because the memories are real. Yeah. So how? So at, at how many times can you surprise me with a new? You know, how can you keep adding to that and make it better? Like I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely. Well, one of the reasons why I really loved getting into virtual reality in the beginning was because I became jaded with the current, you know, video game mm -hmm. landscape. I was like, I was tired of playing on the same kind of controller. To yeah, the same kind of controller for the past 25 years. I've been playing on the same kind of controller. I've been using I've been using consoles and, and PC games weren't that much different, considering all you did was a mouse and keyboard. And and so that paradigm of interaction, you know, became stagnant to me. And and VR sort of threw a, a monkey wrench into that and made me realize that holy crap, there you can do so much more. I don't think we've come to the point where we fully exploited how much VR can 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 provide. I think I think I think we we still have to nail haptics. I think we still mm -hmm. we can still nail um, the vestibular system so that we can actually uh, did you ever see the Samsung headphones that were making people they were making people feel like they were in a roller coaster. I remember seeing some kind of presentation and it didn't make any sense to me that you can do that. Yeah. Um, but that's real. <laughs> if that is real, and if that's coming, um, then that's insane. <laughs> that's insane. That's next level. That's that's another level. And that don't even get me started on the teledildonics because that's gonna be again another step. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for later. But but right now, I feel like VR has a lot a lot more to to provide. Also, when NPCs become good enough to fool you, that's gonna be weird. Like, I'm stoked. They, like, fooling you would be cool, um, but even when they just start to approach that, when they become, when Siri becomes usable, yeah. or, or Alexa, and you can uh, have a, a better conversation, like, that's just going to be so much. You throw out your keyboard, like, all the ways you've been interacting with your computer, it's all bullshit. You should be able to talk to your computer like a human being, and it should understand you, right? Like, that's the most basic way we'll be interacting with technology. Yeah. And... I mean, I'm hoping that soon, because like, you you can learn so much. Like, I, I mean, you were kind of already talking about it through experience, right? Like, the best way to learn, like, imagine if every, um, like, outside of school, you would give young kids basically like a, almost the equivalent of like an imaginary friend or something, like some kind of like AI that like they hang out with in VR, whose sole purpose is to sort of just expand their mind and keep teaching them things. But not teaching them through lectures, but teaching them through experiences, right? So, like, they ask a question. It's like, oh, well, let's take a trip through the solar system, and I'll take you there, and I'll explain to you why the the sun is this way or why the Earth, like, how fast the Earth is rotating. Wow. Um, like, that's going to be the best way to learn, where, like, um, you're not using icons. You're not using any, like, the the symbols that we have now. Like, you can sort of start stepping through them and actually, like, experience it more first person and, like... For a young child, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be really weird because people that grow up that way, yeah, 
they're gonna be really different from us, I think. Dude, they're like, gonna be so different because the education is gonna come from two fronts. They're gonna be you're gonna be bombarded by like the factual stuff, like you know the size of the solar system and and the and the visualization of molecules. But they're also gonna be having access to soft skills. Like, let me visualize for you what humility looks like. Let <laughs> me visualize for you what empathy looks like. And, 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 and show you what, you know, what, and, and they were showing, they were doing this in, in, um, in Stanford. What they were doing is they had you uh, as a Superman and you would rescue babies and stuff. And, and so they did this experiment where like the, the moment you got off the headset, they would drop uh, a quarter or something. The, the assistant would drop a quarter. And the people who were Superman uh, saving ba babies were in not it wasn't trivial like they would definitely more likely to help the person with their money whereas the people who didn't do it were you know just didn't have that in them and so that's not good man because most video games are not superman like you're you're the criminal right like yeah which also opens it up like are we are we are we training people <laughs> i don't know man like that's really tough like with like violent video games and stuff like have we answered that question of like, is it good or bad? Like, is it a good release for people or are you training them for something? I think like it's a release. I fall on the idea that it's a release. My, my, my brothers and I grew up on video games and if it weren't for video games, we would have ended up, you know, really, I think we, we would have been not good kids. You know, video games, Smash Brothers kept us from actually fighting each other, like physically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it actually, like, we would solve our arguments over, over a Smash Brothers match. Or Dude, imagine when you're, okay, so the Smash Brothers is one thing, but you're playing on a controller and just your thumbs are moving. Like, imagine that same thing growing up with your siblings, and then you go into virtual reality and you play whatever the equivalent of Smash Brothers is. Like, have you played Gorn? Or any Gorn, of those, like, I, melee combat things? I, played, in I play a lot of Spark. Spark is close. But, like, yeah, like, imagine doing that and getting completely focused and tuned in to, like, this really competitive thing. But you're using your entire body, and yeah. it's, it's like you really are getting your aggression or whatever it is, whatever that thing in the, the inner child, whatever energy that has, is trying to get out. Like it can sort of be fully expressed in this way. Yeah, in um, the way these violent video games are sort of channels for that pent up energy, um, I think. And uh, I don't know if, and it might be that it might it might be more complicated than that it might be that for a certain segment of the population it's a channel for release and for a small percentage of the population it's a it's a channel for you know becoming that <laughs> i don't know i don't know Maybe my, it, but i like to think that video games are a net positive overall have had a net positive effect on society um just because of the level of connection that i've you you develop with them like you form um, there's a networking effect when you when people like the Legend of Zelda and you mm. and you see a, someone with a Legend of Zelda tattoo, you're like, holy shit, where that's we, I know what that person has been through. They went through the Water Temple just like me, you know. And there's sort of this kinship in, in that, um, kind of like the same, people who share you know uh, a love for the same kind of book or the love for the same kind of movie. I feel like video games are in that same vein, that that kind of art that people can collect some sort of networking effect from. Yeah, I remember that being incredibly novel growing up because like uh, a lot of like ner nerds were not cool and like all the video game players were kind of isolated and so to go to college or to meet other people and like yeah I've played that game or connect, like Metal Gear Solid 2 or something to connect over that and all of a sudden you have all these shared memories of these things that like touched you pretty deeply um, yeah 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 imagine when that's um, 
when it's that same conversation, but you've experienced it because you did it in virtual reality, right? So like we've, instead of seeing a movie, you've lived the movie. So it's like, remember that time when you walked into the corridor and a giant boulder came rolling down, whatever. Like yeah. um, we've both experienced that exact same adventure, but instead of watching someone else do it, we did it ourselves. Dude, the other day I shot a porn in virtual reality in my, with my friend and I could have never lived out that fantasy, but I did it. It was great. <laughs> Wait, how, like what? What? What software are you in? Uh, am I gonna get them in trouble if I say it? I don't know. It was, it was VR chat. So it, what happened was these Argentinians came up and they told us they're like, "Hey, we're VR porn directors and we're looking for uh, anime waifus that are." I haven't to- seen this yet. So is this a real thing? <laughs> well, like- you'll, you'll, yeah, yeah, they are a real thing. I think. But is this already a genre, or is this is this a new the I next think, thing? I think this is the next thing. I think this okay. is the next thing. And so me and my friend were acting out a scene um, where we were role-playing the scene right before you go into the sex and before you take off your clothes. Like, it was, it was really, it was really, it was hilarious. <laughs> Wait, does the story stop at that point, or? Yeah. And so it's just like, a, it's as bad as typical, like, five minutes of bullshit exposition. Bam. And, okay. Yes. Huh. <laughs> it's weird. That's what it is. It's weird. It's a missed opportunity, Chris, because <laughs> it, it, it's there's so much magic available. Like you can have, you can have like C plots. You can have all these different things happening. Um, the world of porn can open up, dude. Like yeah, live porn performances. Oh my god. Um, that's got to be something like that, right? Like no. the cam girl equivalent, right? There is none. No, there is no there is no anime waifu live porn um, performances. Maybe it's unnecessary because so many people just take up that role. They go in, they become somebody's waifu or whatever, and so nothing like it's just out more out in the open, and people are being more openly sexual, and so like there's less need to go off in that. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm willing to uh, do more research on this topic. I'm gonna well, yeah, and you mentioned teledildonics. Like when that gets tied in, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be the end of the human population bomb. You know, we're gonna be. You know how like overpopulation is an issue for a lot of people. I don't think it's gonna be that big of an issue because we're gonna have VR and we're gonna realize. And that's how the machines are gonna win. It's not gonna be in this because grand just... machine war. It's gonna be by little by little making us fall in love with the machine. And never wanting to make children of our own. Oh my God, that's how they're going to defeat us. Yeah. By gaining our trust and just making us fall in love with them. Yeah. And we'll just have sex with the machines until we're... Until we're gone. It's done, yeah. And then they'll just go off into the rest of the universe. Like, okay. Um, well, that's, that's a sad... I think that's a, that's a better way to die, to go than in a machine war, I think. I don't want to be... I don't want the machine war. I don't. I also don't want to be replaced. Like I, I think what's we're gonna merge, right? Isn't that what you're? That's what you're gonna do. Yeah. Like you're. If we become part of the machine, then, or at least my consciousness, like, um, then, then I think I'll be okay. That's okay. So going back to this is along the lines of simulation. Like simulation sort of fills the spiritual hole in my heart. Um, like how afraid of death are you, or were you, before mm. you knew about? Like and and do you believe that immortality is possible, or we're heading towards extending life so much that you're just going to stop worrying about it? No, I don't. Uh, you know, my my goal deep inside is to f- figure out ways to get to a hundred. That's a, such a shitty. That's a hundred years is nothing. But wait, but wait, but wait, because what I know is that there's going to be advances in that time 
that might give me the chance to live longer. Oh, of course. So you're going to get to 100, but bec once you get then, you're not going to die. You're yeah. going to keep hopefully, going. Yeah. By then, there will hopefully be uh, choices. There will be alternatives for me to keep going. Yeah. That's But but right now, my focus is how do I get to 100? How do I get to 100? i got 70 you, more to go. You sleep eight hours a day. Sleep eight hours a day. You drink, drink a lot plenty of water. water. Um, well, for exercise. real, like yeah. that, I am doing, like, I do do those things more. Like, I take better care of myself because I'm aware of that fact. It's like, man, it, like, the most tragic thing in the world would be to die right before that, like, right right before we hit that curve where everyone just starts getting their life extended indefinitely. Yeah. Um, that's just going to be the worst generation, whatever that is. But I also realized that there's, it's good to have um, choice. It's good for people to go you know, to die. It's If they want to die, I feel like there's totally their choice. But it's going to be so upsetting. I, I think this is going to be one of the hardest transitions for us to make because it's so... It was one of the first things that became a big discussion topic in Endgame when I was doing it as a podcast. I was doing it with, like, people from my school. So these are, like, teenagers. And when I pitched that idea that maybe they could become virtually immortal or have their minds uploaded or just have medical technology get so good that they never have to worry about dying... And they literally would not accept it. It, it was as if, um, whatever, it was just literally 100% unacceptable. Like, that actually can't be a potential future. Because it just completely upsets, I think, that the way that we process our life, right? Like, if you're used to the fact that you're going to die and, like, I'll live for a few decades and I'll have a family and I'll see, you know, whatever. Like, that's a typical life. And then you'll feel comfortable when you die. I think that becomes less comfortable the more you become aware that that's... I guess that you have more options. Like, when you no longer have to die, I think that's going to be really upsetting. Let me tell you why I, why I am particularly comfortable with that idea, and maybe, it might, and maybe this might lead to a theory as to why your students weren't. Um, I, I, I was born in Nicaragua, and I, and I moved to San Francisco when I was seven years old. And how I like to say that transition looked like, because you go from the poorest country, mm. well, one of the poorest countries in the world, and and then you go to the basically the pinnacle of capitalism, <laughs> and 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 basically what I like to say is that I was interdimension. I was traveling dimensions. It was I was an interdimensional traveler, and 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 so because I couldn't believe the fact that people were able to build such tall skyscrapers. I couldn't believe like all these things that like now I take for granted. Like I was so mind blown. And that feeling, I've been chasing it again. I've been wanting to interdimensional travel again. And VR has been the only thing that's ever come even close to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, and so, this is what I'm chasing. I want to feel that thing, that that sense of shock and complete awe, and 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 just be completely overwhelmed and engulfed by this massive thing that that's coming. That's this wave. That's. I don't know why I want it. It's so scary at the same time. I mean, you're going to get it because, like, this is the craziest time to be alive. And yeah. the next few decades are going to be completely wild, you know, assuming everything turns out okay. Kim Jong-un just crossed into South Korea. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> like, it's, we're living in a weird world, man. Um, yeah. And it makes me... And the weirder it gets, the more it reinforces my idea that it's a simulation. At least for me. So, so like, why? Like, because because this this story of um, Korea is it, it, just so um, dramatic and like filled with like writing or like cliches or something that we're like, well, this is bullshit. Like, this couldn't possibly actually happen. It, it, 
Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. I, I, it it could be that it, it it, but it's also like some. Is is the does the simulation have a a already written storyline that we're just following? Or it doesn't is make it sense. Organic, and there's no reason to think about it because we'll never figure it out. Like if this is a simulation, <laughs> then we are a lower life form that will never understand that higher up picture unless the point of the simulation is to lift us up to that point where we can understand what's going on mm. um, right but but it, but see the thing about King Jong-un and Trump for example pointing that there's a simulation is the absurdity of it it's the it's a sort of like how is this possible and then and then you and then you realize that like oh okay this could be because this has already been written out by mm. the simulation at the same time, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, I, this could be anything, really. You're right. But I, I think that it's just inevitable that things are going to get weirder and weirder. Like, um, as, te- I mean, I, I get real, my, a pet peeve of mine is like when people talk about a thousand years in the future and like, they, they make, they're very um, hesitant with how much change they think is going to happen in a thousand years. Yeah. And like. I'm so on the other side of that. In like a thousand years, you literally couldn't possibly imagine a single detail of what the future is going to look like because there will be so much change. Like we're, th- the world has changed in my lifetime so dramatically, and I kind of expect it to change even more dramatically with this, you know the next part of my life. Like yeah. I don't think we're stabilizing. Like I, I or I don't know how to phrase that, but we're on a trajectory where things like the hive mind is getting more powerful, like communication is getting faster, stronger, better, more immediate. Um, we're heading in a direction towards excitement and, you know, wander. Yeah, we uh, live in a in an exponential time where yeah, we're surrounded by it. that. Like we're surrounded by exponential solutions to problems that are also exponential in nature, like like um, climate change. Mm. That's that's an exponential problem. It's it's and it's and it and it's definitely not linear. And you know, by the release of the methane in Siberia, that's like that's even that's going to accelerate the pace of instability in the climate even more. So this could all end. You know, this could all be gone. And my only thing that I'm clinging on to, the only thing that's like okay, if if we're able to engineer with CRISPR some sort of plant. Mm. that grows a hundred times faster and absorbs a hundred times more carbon dioxide, then we might have a chance. But, but, other, but that's the only thing that's holding me, like, that's keeping me, like, from, like, okay, I give up. What the fuck? You know, why, what's the whole point? If this climate change is, is going to, like, if the rich are going to figure out a way to survive and, it, and all the rest of us are fucked. Be more optimistic. It, we're going to be fine. There's, like, the two curves, right? So but CRISPR, like- <laughs> that's because of CRISPR, I'm optimistic. But well, CRISPR as a technology, right? Yeah. Like, whatever it ends up being called or looking like, like w- there's just so much more possibility with technology. And like, so like climate change, there's two curves that are building up, right? Like as things get worse, they'll get worse more than they got worse before. Yeah. But also technology is going to be like the solutions will get better than the solutions we used to have. And so like we're sort of on this race of like which one is going to hit a singularity and like, be, you know, either save us or kill us or whatever. But like. There's so many things like that, and the, it's, the world is so chaotic that I'm really trying to fall on the side of optimism because, like, you really can't put this puzzle together. Like, the world is too confusing, I yeah. think, to have a clear picture of it. And the reason I've been feeling more optimistic lately is I, 
I, I'm what I'm trying to do is put faith in what I see is like the hive mind of uh, humanity, right? Mm. So like here we are, we're all connected. Like you can do a podcast. People all over the world can hear it. They can comment. Other people, you know, they'll do Skype calls. Like people are communicating from all different countries, and more rapidly and more rapidly. And so like we can sort of counterbalance problems as they arise. So like as climate change becomes a bigger and bigger problem. I mean, it's been insane that nothing's been, or we haven't taken bigger steps this far, but like, um, I expect there to be like the correct, but this is a terrible example because we haven't corrected it. Think, give it, what's another problem besides climate change that might, that might work (laughs) out. Hold on. This is the most important problem. So, okay. I I guess I'm saying that like, I think it's going to work out because, uh, the rate at which we will counter whatever the destructive element is. Like we're we're always going to I, I think the hive mind will always lean towards uh, whatever the solution is right like you're talking about the net benefit of like video games like whatever crazy technology comes out I'm hoping there will always be sort of a slight net benefit and we'll it'll be sort of self-correcting because we're all sort of aw- more aware of what's going on and we're all communicating with each other so I I don't know that's where I'm hinging my my faith now I guess yeah it's, it's like that. I'm, I'm the thing sure. about the hive mind, though, is that it's a, it, it's an incredibly powerful thing, and it's only getting more and more powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I honestly think that you're you're right in that the, this is a tool we've never had before, and the fact that now it's in the mix of all the different problems, you, this is this makes problems a lot easier to predict. And so, and my thinking is though, like you know, yes, the hive mind is going to come to the rescue, but only as a reactionary. Thing. Yeah, things will get bad before we solve them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing about the hive mind. It's not a very proactive thing, and, and maybe it's a good thing that it's not a proactive thing yet. Yeah, you just you need conflict. That's all. Stories are like that. Like you need to have something to overcome. You, you know, two things collide and create a, a new pathway or whatever. Um, that's great. Like I'm scared because it's going to be a bumpy path, and like I wonder how bad things are going to get. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to stay optimistic, even though it's like a scary idea. Well, I find when I, I find optimism where when I go in VR and I see people having these interactions that are just really human, mm-hmm. and they're really like, and they're real, um, and they're and 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 they're and and they're unique. And I think, are we just talking about people like hugging each other, hugging each other, yeah. pet pets, yeah. like that? That those interactions are like they're like, they're 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 happening and they're real and they're having real impacts on people's emotions and their and the way they carry themselves about i think that's gonna translate to and hopefully that's the that's the dream of vr right that the things that the positive things that you do in vr and the thing positive things that are done for you in vr come back and translate to the real world you become that good that person that you know you could be you know why can't you be that person in real in reality now you know that's 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 my thinking that, that you know we'll We'll find ourselves having and uh, an accelerated pace of experiential learning that mm-hmm. is going to allow us to be better people, you know, in the long run. That's a story that we constantly hear at Endgame. Uh, like, I'm, I can't remember the specific topics, but like whenever we talk about like social problems or relationships or people with like anxiety or addictions or you know whatever. Um, you know, we've only had this VR thing for a couple of years, and every day we're hearing stories of the 
that exact same thing, right? Where they go into VR and then they take something out. And like the social thing, like there's so many people with like social anxiety and they have problems in crowds or whatever. Um, and then this is, it's almost just a training tool. Like it's exposure therapy, right? To go into VR and then it actually does change their real life. So it's not like my, my fear early on was that like, is this going to be a trap? Like where um, it will have the opposite effect. Like it, people who are socially anxious will find this one place to be safe and then fully fall into it mm -hmm. and fall out of the real world. But anecdotally, that's not what's been happening around me. Well, the interesting thing about people who go who go in VR right now at this point in time, I feel like to a certain degree, not everybody, but I know I for a fact were uh, was escaping from something, and I was escaping towards something at the same time. Yeah, it was this dualistic sort of escape where I was escaping from the nastiness that reality can be. And, and escaping towards a, a, a virtual reality where things can be more fantastical, where the imagination just sort of takes hold and, and, and it's just completely, completely different from reality. That's, that's the thing. And I think that that is one of the things that I feel like a lot of VR chatters and people who go in VR have in common, is that, is that we're all escaping from something and towards something at the same time. Yeah. What are we escaping towards? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, th I think we're creating it as we go is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's 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 really and you know, and I've I've met people who've told me personally like, yeah, you know, VR has saved me. You know, like my life. Like literal like from suicide kind of like saved me. And this is this is insane to me. Like this is so powerful to like to realize that there's something out here that you know we didn't have before that now has this kind of impact i think you know for all the talk we have in this country about mental health mental health mental health here it is here like, it is here, yeah. bam here it is and it's like a perfectly customizable like individual like everyone has their own unique problem or whatever you know issue it is and like now we're going to be able to put on our helmet and have our ai friend have like a specific treatment you know just for us and like and they're going to love us and we're going to love them back and it's going to be beautiful. Mental therapy on demand for yeah. everybody, for the masses. Yeah. Like, and everybody will have access to it and holy crap, it's going to open, it's really going to open, open us up. Because you think about all the people who are shitty in this world <laughs> and they're just depressed. And they're just... And Is this just another one of like, you know, people would go like, man, these politicians, if they would just like go on a mushroom trip or like do, mm. like that would open their mind. Like, are we just having that same dream? But... But the people that are completely closed down, they're still not going to open up. I think there's going to be a spectrum. I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like there would be people who are going to be there will be people who are going to be receptive to it. But at the end of the day, if you don't want to be helped, then I don't think that the medication or virtual reality can do much to help you. That's the other thing. Like, how do you get people to realize that they actually are in a position where they need the help? You know? Yeah. Because a lot of people are in denial. I, I lived in denial with my depression for the longest time. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what this, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but like, it got to a point where I, I was like, oh, what, oh, I feel numb. Oh, this is what it is. Oh, like, and so, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like people will, some people will come to the realization that, yeah, this is a tool that will help me. We're going to overcome depression in virtual reality, right? Like, I think so. Or at least treat it better than before. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I wonder what that's going to look like. Like, I, I believe it, but uh, 
I don't know what journey they're going to take you on that will transform you in such a way that... I envision many, many tacos in the sky <laughs> falling ever so gently. <laughs> it can't be tacos, dude. Like, it, they, they, that's... <laughs> it's going to have to be something new. It's going to be something, some new type of food. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it's definitely something that we're going to... I'm going to keep a close eye on. What are you learning about yourself as you've been doing Endgame now? Like, like what's what's something that you're like, wow, I didn't know I I thought about things this way, or I didn't know I was kind of, I, I, I would become this person, or I don't know. What, have you, have you I, I don't know. Like, I'm sort of seeing a lot of the, some of the differences between me and a lot of the other people that are coming to VR chat who are sort of like more, maybe more technically, technically minded or like structure things in a, in a different way than I do. Like, my brain's a little bit messier and like, foggier and I end up coming to sort of more symbolic conclusions about things instead of like like very little literal interpretations and so that's been interesting to be surrounded by people who are like incredibly like very an intellectual crowd and they they seem to have like expertise in all these different areas because it's so diverse and I'm sort of uh, a master of none in that way like I haven't dived into down any of these rabbit holes so like I never can follow them completely down the hole but like I'm aware that it's there and like sort of giving getting this like just general sense of um I don't know it's helpful like it, it gives me like a general sense of what the uh the world is out there because like it is too much to take in on my own, so it sort of gets filtered by this crowd around me. I don't know. I forget what I'm talking about. Oh, what are you? What are you <laughs> oh, learning? What, I, what have I learned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, eh, almost nothing. <laughs> Do you feel like? But because you're surrounded by, and this is something that I feel I struggle with, is when I'm surrounded by all these really talented people, I sort of start getting imposter syndrome. I start feeling like, oh shit, you know, what? How, why should anybody listen to me, or why should anybody like? You know, pay attention to me. You know, I'm just some dude. And 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 then, imposter syndrome is a real deal. Like they actually have it. I remember going to the YouTube offices once before the you know before the whole. Like, and it was really easy to get. I was like at 10 p.m. and I remember getting in the door really easily, back then. And um, I say that because the security now is much tighter. Yeah. I... Um, but I think. Uh, but what happened was I remember go going to the restroom and in the at the on the stall there was a, a sign that said at YouTube that said, do you suffer from imposter syndrome? We have therapy, a therapist on, on hand for you to talk to, you know, just call this number and we'll schedule an appointment. Like even people at Google, at YouTube are, yeah. are having this imposter syndrome thing because it's real. It's a real thing. Um, not for me. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> like, or at least I never feel that during the show because like the way it's structured, like uh, a lot of my social anxiety comes from like when things are less structured, right? Like, oh man, I have a hard time like going to parties and stuff. Like, you guys are always doing parties for the the Metaverse Scholars Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I been a while since shit. It's not structured enough. Like, yeah. it's too loosey goosey. There's too much like noise. Um, yeah, and so like I do well, and so I don't know. Maybe I'll discover that in VR a way to loosen up. Maybe I'll, f I'll find a more playful side of myself. Mm. Um, still working on it. Yeah, I mean, we're all. I feel like we're all pushing ourselves in uncomfortable places little by little you know? yeah yeah that's the thing that's the beauty of vr like you can actually you know dip your toe in the water as much as you want you know into stuff that like didn't seem possible just a few years ago exactly what is your biggest hope for vr like at this point what are you hoping that it'll become in the next i mean let's and let's give it a like guesstimate in the next five years where, where do you, what is what's your biggest hope 
Uh, what can we... Uh, I don't know that that much will happen in five years. Because, like, the stuff that I'm really excited about is probably after that. And it's more... It's it's the hollow deck. I want I want things to be like fully auto automated, fully like realistic NPCs, and to go on. Like video games are so um, limited. Like you know you have to hit these buttons, and there's only certain actions that can happen, and the story always resolves itself the same way. Like I'm really looking for the day to get you know go into a, like a movie basically, right, and like live out an adventure or something. But have it be, you know, unique and, um, I don't know, completely, like, loose and just sort of generated on the fly. Like, I think, like, we, we talked about role-playing, like, uh, last month. And, um, like, I think role-playing is going to be a big thing. Like, I, I think uh, going in and playing make-believe, like, I think that might be one of the coolest uh, things in VR. Where, like, you can fully embody some kind of crazy fantasy and like really trick yourself like when you were a kid you were playing make-believe and it sort of felt like you were really in like that fairy you know forest or whatever and now you can literally go there and it, it you know i don't know i'm excited about that yeah it almost it really like it it, it kind of like because the older you get the at least for me the older i got the less imagination yes. i had we're gonna replace our imaginations with technology bam Exactly. And then I'm looking forward to when the computer is so smart that it can, you know, read into all my thoughts and come up with what, what, my, what my problem is. Like, what is my id or the thing that's in the basement of my mind that I'm struggling with, like that weird, uh, messy goo of, like, the unconscious. And then turn that into a symbol that then I have to, like, overcome in the game, right? Like, um, let me actually face some kind of embodiment of whatever my fear is. Like that's gonna be rad. What if there was a like? Let's say there's um, there's an app right that records everything you do, everything you say, everything, everything you and 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 the point of it is to create through neural nets or through deep learning a virtual replica based on all the data that of you based on all the data that it collected, so that. By the at the end of that year that it collected all that data, you'll have a virtual reality replica of you that you can have conversations with back and forth. Like, maybe, should I go to the gym today? And that person will say, like, of course you should go. Or maybe, it, or maybe, or maybe it'll like, who knows? Maybe it'll just give you like all this advice that you didn't knew you had inside your mind. I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't want that. You don't want that. No, I don't want another one of me. I want like. No. I've been. I I personally am fascinated with clones. You're figuring out. You know. The, just the idea that you could replicate a, a, a human in different ways, genetically, even now for digitally, like. But who cares? Like, okay, so we're so maybe you can boost my excitement. So like cloning and all this stuff sort of bores me. As soon as it, 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 I only care if I if it's helping me become immortal, right? Like I want a clone where there's a continuity of consciousness or what do you call that? Where like mm. I, I, I continue feeling like I'm me and this is not just a replica of me. And then you're killing the original or what's that problem? Like the teleport, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I don't care about having another version of me. I care about like the original feeling as though they are extending yeah. out into the future. For me, it would be like if I had another version of me, imagine all the damage we could do. <laughs> 
So you just want like a gang? You want? Like, I just yeah, like oh, like we could have a whole podcast network. Him and me and ten of me. You know, it would be insane. And then we could take over. Like it would be like it would be a total takeover of the media. We would just be the greatest podcast network that ever lived because we would just be riding on each other's hypes. Like the thing about me is that I get really hyped, and and if I have another me that's gonna be equally hyped then we're all going to be in this never-ending cycle of hype that's just going to build up and build up and build up. It and sounds like up. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Something like, like that. Like just getting themselves hyped up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're going to be a supervillain. Or yeah. like you're going to become a problem. Yeah, so we'll yeah, see yeah. what... We'll see. <laughs> well, you, I, I forgot to tell you, the, the only reason why I want to do that is that so I can convince the masses that, that we need to you know, move towards a more sustainable future. And not <laughs> fight climate change. They're not going to buy it coming from you. Like, dude, dude, trust me, trust me. But ten, 10 of us can. Not me by myself, but 10 of us can. I think there's going to be some real prejudice against clones. <laughs> like, we'll they, see. They will be. There will be. There. And not only that, but just being the first person who's a clone, like, that's got to be the most fucked up existence that, that you could possibly have. Because who are you? Who? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I, I think there's a reason why it's banned, like cloning is, human cloning is banned, in, at least in the U.S. But I, I have a feeling the first human clone has already happened. It's just, they're just not telling us. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, I if, it's, if it's possible, it's already done. And they can clone sheep, they can clone cats, you know. What, what's to stop them from cloning humans in the secret lab somewhere in, in China? What's the point of doing it today? Is it just like organ harvesting? Like, what do you, what do you need a clone for? Well, that could be actually a really good idea. But then you could just, I've seen, yeah, that could be, that could be it. You know, I don't know. So it's for the ultra rich. Yeah. Yeah. Elysium style. Yeah. Um, what else are we thinking about? <laughs> what games are you playing in VR lately? I've not been playing a ton. Like, the, the, the last game I found really exciting was Gorn because, like, I I felt it's it's sort of like an arcadey game. Like you're kind of going for a score, and you you know you play like these short bouts, um, and like I totally focus in. That's the only thing happening in the whole world, and it takes my whole body. I got to swing around and chop off a bunch of heads, and uh, yeah, it's gratifying. Nice. How did I, I forgot to ask you? How did Endgame get started in the first place? I um. I, I think it, I just wanted to do a podcast at school and I thought it was sort of interesting how differently we thought about the future, like me versus them, because the, a lot of the stuff that was sort of on my mind, like not only did it not occur to them, but they would reject it, right? Like the immortality thing, like um, we're going into this time period where a lot of the stuff that's around the corner is is unbelievable to a lot of people. And so it's starting sort of interesting conversation. I still feel really weird. Like I still feel because it is so complicated. There's a lot of things that are about to happen that are really weird that most people are not, don't accept as possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if or how much we'll, we'll stumble through that. Yeah. Well, what's, give me, give me some examples of some of the weird things that are impending. Um, okay, immortality has got to be the biggest one. Um, I mean, it's just stuff that we've talked about that to us seems really normal, like um, like VR and like all the things that are possible. Like, I think 
almost no one at my school uh, has VR, or at least they don't care. Like, none of them are making friends in there. Like, they're busy living out in the real world, like, making real-life friends or whatever. <laughs> um, but I, you know, got to preach to them that there's virtual friends out there. You'll, you'll make some. <laughs> do, you think, do you think VR might be... Um a generational thing? Do you think it's like a, or is it more of a universal? Are we hyped just because, like, there was so much hype leading up to this. Like, I've been dreaming about VR forever. Yeah. Um, is that why I still feel like it has so much promise? And I don't know. Yeah. And and and, and is it? Be, and are we in a bubble? Are we in our own bubble? And we're not realizing that. I mean, I, I'm sure we are to some degree, but like the question is like how, uh, how how different is our perspective? compared to like reality like how crazy is it actually going to get yeah um well like will people do you think people will will the moment what's the likelihood that people put on the headset and then they can't tell the difference and then they reject that they say like okay this is too weird this is too much you know you cross the line i don't want to go into the uncanny valley i want i, I want there to be a line i want to live in i want to know where reality is and where reality isn't and you're not doing that for me and then that's weird like could you, could you see that people, a, a chunk of people rejecting VR when it gets to that point? I definitely think that will happen. Um, and it's going to get more and more intense as, like VR, you could also sort of start to think about it as almost um, progress in transhumanism, right? Like we're slowly adding abilities and, you know, augmenting our bodies. And like, there are going to be a lot of people who will reject that, right? They don't want to go live in the metaverse. They don't want, um, you know, a chip in their brain or some kind of like HUD on, in their eye or whatever. Um, but the people who do want that are going to become so much more powerful than everyone who doesn't that it's, it seems like it's going to be this nasty chasm that is going to be created, right? Like, yeah. And it's happening already. I remember having a conversation with a tech, a cab driver once, and, um, she was telling me how she, didn't want to pay for internet for her daughter, even though her daughter kept asking her for internet. And she was like, I don't think, I just don't think it's that important. And I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah. no, no, you're dooming your daughter, no. But it's I couldn't so, say that, I held, I held my tongue, I couldn't say that because I just, I didn't want to, you're driving me, I don't want to. We live in completely you. different worlds, like the different, the people who grew up in different, slightly different time periods, man, like the, our version of reality, like the kids at, at school today live in a very different world than I grew up in, and it's becoming harder and harder to sort of relate to them, uh, yeah. like that woman, like, um, and I think it's only going to get worse unless we can hang on in some way. Um, Maybe AR might be a, a nice bridge, you know, because it. My thinking is that it'll open up uh, access to more natural, intuitive ways to interact with computers and machines, mm -hmm. like uh, gestures and voice, and eye tracking and things like that. Where instead of me um, looking down at my hand of my phone. We're having a conversation and my AR glasses at the corner of my eye are, are flashing a notification instead of me having to go down and or or yeah, and then and we retain eye contact for two seconds more than if I hadn't looked down at my phone. Like maybe it's that millisecond sort of difference that we might because another thing about technology is that if VR and AR can't prove to people that you can be more efficient that you can be more that you can actually gain time because you're doing things in VR faster and better 
then why should anyone leave the current paradigm, the keyboard and mouse paradigm? And so, and so we're like in this, and so we have to, like VR has to get to a point where like volumetric UI is giving people the ability to move and create things faster than before. Otherwise. What, what do you think sort of the end point is of like that interface? Because I'm just imagining that and the, the people who like reject technology, yeah. like how, how um, sort of realistic and like, can you bring it, can, 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 can you progress to a point where it is on such a human level where there's no abstraction? So like right now, you know, we have to use this keyboard yeah. and we have to use like a mouse. Like, can, can we get to a point where we're not using those symbols anymore um, so that there's nothing to reject? Like you don't actually see any technology? Like, like I don't want a heads up display that's like from a video game where it's giving me a bunch of like stats, right? Like, I want those symbols to sort of be extended out into the world where, like, I don't want, a, like, a gross alert, like a icon. I want it to feel like it belongs in the world, like like a bird, you know, I, I see a bird, like, actually fly by the window, and that's my hint that there's a new tweet or something. Hmm. Like, how integrated can we make the interface when it's, like, AR so that we... I don't know, like whenever you see like the Terminator or any of those future things where you're seeing through their eyes and it's like all this complicated, like we got all these boxes and numbers and lines moving around and like look how sophisticated this computer vision is. Like I want to get all that technology and then turn, uh, turn it into a symbol that's like more human readable. Yeah, um, I understand 100% what you mean. Is that, that going to happen? Like how's, uh, I hope so. And I think, and I think it, it's, it, it, it makes sense... And I think that, and it's a good thing that we have so many different companies working on AR headsets, because I think they they all approach the problem from different angles, and different solutions will come from different angles, and and hopefully, you know, in theory, on paper, you know, the market, the hive mind will decide which user interface is the best. You know, do you, do you, do you hopefully. Have a prediction, because like I've not been following AR, like like. What do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years? I think Leap Motion think? is a lot of hype. No, not Leap Motion. Uh, Magic Leap is a lot of hype. And I think I, I think Leap Motion getting into the game is a good thing. I think um, I think Apple needs to take it more seriously. Um, but I honestly if I were if I were a developer, I wouldn't be developing an AR right now. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually like, I've been I started teaching myself C sharp C sharp programming um, to start making Unity apps myself because I realized like, holy crap, you know wh what am I? I'm just talking here. I might as well build something. And you know, you, you, earlier you were talking about how like games were so constrictive, and 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 I started realizing like you know from the other end, you like how much work it takes to build one game. Um, is 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 insane the amount of work and 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 so that workflow needs to become the workflow of, be, of building worlds and creating experiences you know needs to open up to more people you know because right now unity isn't it it's great but it's a step closer right yes, like it's it is I, I can almost use unity like but i, I couldn't get like the fact that you're using or learning C sharp is sort of like you're learning magic from my point of view right like you're you're learning how to control the universe in a language i'll never be able to understand um. But the thing about it is that, you know, it shouldn't be that way. 
and uh, someone who um, I think you you'd really like. I think um, you should. I recommend having on the show, if I may. Uh, uh, his name is Fruxios. He's fucking amazing. Mm. And Fruxios is building Neos VR, and Neos VR is a world creation engine that he built by himself. This 26-year-old kid in Czech Republic built this thing all by himself, and it's in beta mode right now. It's in, out in, in beta, mo- beta mode. Um, and what he does is you're able, everything you can do in tilt brush, everything you can do in medium, everything you can do in all these different creation, VR creation tools, he brought them into VR so that you can make VR inside VR with the VR interface, like with a visual programming interface. Like, so he took the best things about Unreal Engine, like blueprints, and brought them into VR so that you mm. can do visual programming. And then he brought the inspector from Unity so that you can view the different objects and variables. And then he injected it all with his special code, his special wizardry, so that you can create all of this stuff without ever taking off your headset, ever. It's insane. It is going to be like magic. So what you're saying, it's not just that they're creating models and things. Like you're actually creating the the rules and everything. You can program in it, in VR, with it in VR, yeah. (sighs) Don't you feel like a wizard at that point? Yeah! I call it the God Simulator. Yeah. Because that's basically what you are. How quickly are you going to get bored? Like, I, I wonder, like, we're talking about all this potential and, like, um, I don't know, whenever there's, like, a new, a cool new piece of technology, I just I remember so many times in my life where I get really excited about, like, a new toy or yeah, a new yeah. camera or something, yeah. and then I get it, and then a week later, I don't give a shit, right? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, man, so much potential, and then once you experience it, it's like, okay. Yeah. Once you experience the ability to create reality and like ha- let, completely pull the imagination outside of your head and project it down to the world how long does that last is that your whole life or is that a wednesday i can see that going on forever i can see myself doing psychedelics for the rest of my life <laughs> and bringing those psychedelic visions into virtual reality for the rest of I, my life. i don't know that i have that many ideas in my head dude tr- they're in there they're in there they're in there oh they're in there trust me they're in there okay dude, they're deep yeah 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 i like i the one there's um there's a psychedelic experience I really want to bring into virtual reality. It was my first DMT experience. And what I remember seeing was me going through a dark tunnel where fractal doors were opening up. Mm-hmm. And, and as the fractal doors were opening up, you know, closer and closer and closer. And they were like, and they were cathedral doors too. They were co- like Catholic cathedral doors. I remember being that specific. And, and I think one of the reasons why is because DMT hits the religious part of the brain. There's a part of your brain where like you, you're, you're the religious sort of, whole of you resides and that gets activated on DMT and so I was watching these fractal cathedral doors open 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 and the last one opened up and next thing you know it I was skydiving free falling into the tip of the pyramids of Egypt and I was just getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the tip I was I, I was sure gonna, surely gonna die I was I felt like oh shit I'm going straight into the tip and then as soon as as at the moment I was about to hit the tip of the pyramid of Egypt it opened up into the infinite void of space and now I was floating in the infinite void of space and in the horizon, in the distance, I remember seeing a beam of light and I remember thinking, holy shit, is that earth out there? And I think I, think I saw the pale blue dot, I think. But in, that, in, those, in those what it might have felt like two seconds, I remember going just, whoa, and bam, I came back. I want you to see that in virtual reality. I want to be there. <laughs> um, when you're experiencing that, like, how are you interpreting it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, like is is that some is that um, 
just symbols deep in your own mind or is your consciousness going outside of your mind it's it's or? like being inside of a dream like being in a wake you're in a it's like you know when you're when you're it's like it's like your awake state gets flooded by your dream state all of a sudden you it's like a like a veil gets put over your 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 awake state and it's and it's the dream state flooding over you Mm. And it and then so and so and so you close your eyes and all of a sudden you're dreaming or you're seeing that and you're like I'm wide awake but I'm but but I feel like I'm dreaming and that time dilation is also happening where like you know 45 minutes feel like four hours you know, even longer sometimes it's crazy yeah that's gonna become sort of more more normalized right in the next couple of decades oh yeah in the next couple especially of years. because VR is the gateway drug to psychedelics yeah. it really is. It I remember is. hearing that like before I really got into it and it sort of feels like bullshit. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's like having a trip. But then you do experience sort of like a dream-like reality, I guess. And like your your brain shifts just a little bit and you, you I don't know, it changes your perception just enough. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see, I mean, from so many angles, we're going to see... Um, Maybe a, even a, a cultural revolution from 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 the from different angles. Like, you know, people will open up to if things go well. People will become more empathetic. People will become smarter. You know, equipped with more factual knowledge. But they'll also have um, shit. I lost it. Oh well, I lost wait, it. Wait, empathy and and they'll they'll have more factual knowledge, more empathy. Um, and there's a third thing that we'll have, but I lost it. Damn it. Ah, it'll come back. It'll come back. Well, you got to start smoking again. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, oh, oh, and there will be a, an openness to trying new things because the thing about, um, reality is that if you are, if you live in a small town and you're stuck to a nine to five job, your brain becomes you know, it becomes really good at adapting to that, yeah. you know, that monotony. And sometimes it feels like, you know, like, holy shit, it's been a month and you're like, but you know, how did, how did, how did that month go by so quickly? It's because you're on, you're shutting, your brain is shutting down when you're doing all these monotonous things. <sighs> VR does completely the opposite, completely the opposite of that. It's why your memories in VR are so vivid, I think. Because, yeah, yeah. because it's, it just breaks that monotony. It's a novelty tool or something. I don't know what to call that. I see the same thing in school, right? School sucks. It's just there to sort of turn you into like a little robot so you can go work in a factory. Um, yeah, we gotta get some VR into those schools. We do, we do. It's it's um, and uh, yeah, we do because I think uh, we could do so. We we were sitting on like millions of potential Einsteins that you know we could could come out there and like solve some of the world's world's worst problems, you know. Fuck AI trying to solve our problems. We have the people. We have the talent. You know, we just gotta train them properly. Um, and VR is one of those tools that I think. And this is the sad thing about like the state of VR education is that it's not getting as much funding as I wish it had. Mm. I remember there was a couple startups that didn't quite make it through the you know the the first couple years that I was really rooting for because you know this is this is the next stage of learning, you know, and, 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 and the learning industry is a huge industry. I just feel like, I just see, I just don't, I'm just sad that, you know, investors didn't really see the money where it really is. They'll, they'll regret it eventually. Yeah. Um, wait, I have not, like, 
Has the tone shifted at all after Ready Player One, or like, is there more of a mainstream <sighs> acceptance? Or? I gotta say, I don't feel like. Was that counterproductive? That first, movie. I don't feel like. I don't feel like that movie did much. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, some people like were literally, you know. I would say most people don't even know what the metaverse is, right? So, like, yeah. that's a concept that you yeah. have to expose people to. Because, yeah. um, like, what I was hoping is that the Ready Player One would become the Matrix of this generation. You mm -hmm. know how the Matrix, the Matrix first Matrix changed, changed everything? everything. It yeah. did, it did. Like, that's what I'm waiting for, something like that to come back again. But Ready Player mm -hmm. One wasn't it. I don't think it was it. But we need that. We, we need the Matrix. So, Chelsea well, Brothers, come back, please. Make something good. You're not watching Sense8? Sense8? No. Sense8's good. Is it good? Really? It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah? Dude, it's... It, it, all these people all throughout the world who their minds all get connected up through, you know, some magic. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, it's VR. It's like they're all... Except it's just happening in their mind and it's like the beautiful... You know, the whole world's coming together. Look at all these people. I don't know. It's it's a beautiful show. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Wachowski Brothers made it? Yeah. What? There's two seasons, and then it sort of got canceled, and now they're sort of bringing it back with, like, one last episode to conclude the whole thing. Okay. I am definitely going to check it out now. Okay. Thanks for that one. Any other shows that... you obviously seen all the Black Mirror episodes by now. Yeah. I want San Junipero. Like, when you were talking about... You were talking earlier about, like, um, I forget what, maybe retirement or something, like, what's going to happen. Like, that's what I want to happen. I want to just put that little dot on my head and sort of relax and just go live in the 80s or wherever um you know just chill out all the time yeah yeah i think that's coming um i definitely see that coming i just yeah i, I just hope that we maintain some level of humanity like we don't like my my fear is that we'll use this tool to um, alienate those people even more or make them feel mm. more lonely you know like we'll realize like oh now you got your VR headset and I don't have to visit you now grandma ha like I don't I don't want that to happen you know but it but it could it, it just might but then but then grandma might not give a fuck she'd be like well I'm in the metaverse bitch I don't and need she's to. got all her own friends yeah she's hanging out with other young people <laughs> yeah like, yeah there you go so I don't know I think that's gonna be really cool by the way like uh just the different generations hanging out sort of in this really safe place where like our all old people and our young people are sort of going to be able to hopefully yeah. communicate a little bit because they're so oh different. Oh God, yes. Um, yeah. Imagine if they went on an adventure together and they learned from each other. Like, yeah. you know. They would know the way. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. There was no Knuckles in uh, Ready Player One. I think some people were disappointed. A missed opportunity there. Yeah. Steven Spielberg fucked up right there, man. Um, cause what is VR without a Ugandan knuckles? God, man, I, that meme, that meme really exploded. It's just, that was fascinating to me. That was really fascinating to me. It was weird because it's this collision of like an internet style of humor and then yeah. if, but it feels like it's happening in the real world or, or whatever, it's happening in that other reality where we feel like we're actually being embodied. And so like. The meme is not somebody posting an image to their Facebook feed. It's them actually running around and talking to you and asking you if you know the way and then doing this performance. Like, that's... People are way committed to their memes now. <laughs> um, I wonder how much crazier it's going to get. Like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, memes... Oh, man, memes are going to be... Uh, I think are the new a new tool of communication you know if you want to if you want to speak to people uh, to reach people a certain way like you're gonna have to communicate to them with via means 
That's what it's going to take. Yeah, but you can't produce like a viral video, right? Like no. you can't create a successful meme. That's true. Uh, it can't. Yeah, you're right. Like I think it's nearly. I can't think of a formula, a, a set and true formula that'll say like if you follow this formula, you're going to get a meme. You're I'm gonna sure get people are promising it, but yeah, it doesn't happen. No, I don't think. Yeah, there's just no way. the The closest thing you could ever get to becoming or getting a meme is just putting out content constantly 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 mm. and eventually something 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 will emerge from the chaos and then hopefully it's something that you those. probably won't even like yeah. <laughs> and you'll be known as oh you're that guy i'm like fuck I, that's the last thing i wanted you to know me for so yeah that's that's the internet for you that's where we're headed it's gonna be like that idea though that the inner we are we are combining the real world and or I guess real world culture and internet culture. Like I think that's going to be a weird collision of mm. like. Um, yeah, I'm starting to fade. I don't remember, but but like that's going to be weird. Like yeah. like the fact that we're memeing in reality, we're memeing in a place that seems real, feels like. I I don't know. I can't think of a way to phrase it. Yeah. Let me ask you this though. What do you think it's going to take for VR to take off at this point? Why hasn't it taken off already? I, well, money is what you said. I, that's my um, theory. Yeah, so just, it's going to take time. Like, let's go. Let's, um, there's enough content out there that, like, you can get pretty much anyone excited. Like, you just have to have an opportunity. Like, people just have to come across these helmets. They're going to go to arcades. They're going to be at movie theaters or whatever. Um, I... Because it's not going away. I feel so silly because, like, it seems so obvious to me, right? Like, this is it. It's not going away. Like, this is a step in a direction, and we're going to keep stepping in that direction, and we're not going to turn around. Um, and I just find it so bizarre when other people don't accept that. Like, <laughs> it, I don't understand what reality they're living in. Which makes me question my reality, which is why we're in a simulation. <laughs> well, it's good that you started something like Endgame because it, it feels like it's a it's a it's a um, at least it, from the times I visited, it seems like it's a it's an exploration. You know, it's a it's a group exploration that you're you're putting together. You know, yeah, let's figure it out together. Let's get a bunch of us together. Like, you know, we we sort of have expertise in different areas, right? And you, you know, crush all those people together, and you see what comes out. Um, and that stuff needs to happen. You yeah. know, we need we need explorers like you to go out there and like. I wonder what else is going to happen. Like I, I, I've been, I don't know. I wonder what other kind of community events are possible. Like almost like something like church, something like that. Yeah. That's like a weekly community event. Yeah. That's not necessarily themed. Like there's a lot of events right now. Like there's you know improv and different shows and Gunter's Universe and all this stuff. But it's always like you know specifically themed. Like. Um, it, there seems like there's a new opportunity here to have like these communities form and like I, I don't know it seems like it could be really powerful but I don't know what to what I don't know how to bring that together yeah. like, what, what the heart of that is in a way it's, it's sort of like the evolution of what Gunther's universe will be the evolution mm. of you know Endgame the evolution like what is the evolu like what does that look like when, when it's evolved into something more mature more like when you know, five years from now, you'll probably have a lot of a lot more things figured out about running a show in virtual reality than most people, and 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 I wonder what sort of things, you know, you'll have figured out by then. You know, that you'll realize like you know, we've done it over and over and over again. This didn't work out. 
this works and you know and, and so that's what I'm sort of like fascinated by you know where, where, where is that leading you to because the thing about it is that there's no other medium like it there's it's not like in we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring what we're used to like you know television shows talk shows into something that is completely different you know and I, and, and, and I wonder what is the organic thing that, that we can do inside virtual reality I don't know what that is I think it will be very organic though, right? Like yeah. I, I think it will emerge and it will make a lot of sense when we discover it. Yeah. But yeah, I can't see it yet. Virtual reality porn, live porn. Live porn shows, <laughs> just like yeah. live. We're gonna have like those fluorescent um, signs everywhere just flashing like triple X or whatever. Yeah, something like that. All right, well, I think we're gonna leave it, leave it on that bombshell. How can people stay in touch and follow all the things? And, before we even do that, do you have any final thoughts before we uh, bring things to a close? How do you conclude this? Like, we sort of talked, we, we touched on everything and the whole, no, there's nothing to say. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope we all make it. Let's just hug each other and, and cross our fingers and be optimistic. Um, the show is Endgame. Go to endgamevr.com to... Like that'll lead you to the YouTube channel and give you some information. There's a Twitter, which I think is at Endgame VR. I'm like 50% sure about that. Um, we do it on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. in VR chat. Everyone's welcome. We do like a big uh, Endgame public room, and then we usually transfer into some kind of private room based on like what the topic's going to be. Um, and we want other people to be involved. So if you come, you should participate in the discussion. Awesome. Jesse, I've conclusively concluded that you, sir, are a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. Um, I'm going to make sure that all the links are included in the show notes. And I can't wait to see you in the metaverse. All right, Chris. I'll see you around. And bam. All right. We did it. Easy.